The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. U.S. Meat Export Federation meeting is where I am at this week. Lots of conversation about USDA announcement earlier today, and we're going to kind of dive into that and the effects of the markets as Aaron Bertels joins us with Water Street Solutions. I uh, tongue-in-cheek said, of course, we didn't see the markets react at all when those initial information came out, but it didn't take long for some sort of reaction. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that I get the pleasure to try to sift through all this for you today. Um, it's, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of unanswered questions here. I think everybody can agree with that. This certainly, at least the initial stuff, looks like it um, incentivizes you to try to get at least your acres that you had last year planted so that you can be eligible for a payment, which obviously takes out um, a lot of the prevent planting talk that's been going on, or at least puts a way bigger question mark around it. Now, what we don't know is, you know, what kind of payment that's going to be. Um, you know, how long does it incentivize you to keep planting? If you expect a, a bigger yield loss after a certain point, it obviously puts an extension on this planting season to try to do that. Um, if it's not based on a, a certain crop, which it looks like it's not going to be. So, there's a lot of unanswered questions about rates and what that payment's going to be, and it's going to be different for every county based on their assumption of how that county has been impacted by the trade tariffs. Um, but they're trying to do this in a way that doesn't change planting intentions for this year, but it may not change the intention of what you plant, but it certainly just changed your intentions as to whether you would PP acres or not. Well, you look at this information, and I know that, you know, the the discussion amongst even folks here at USMEF is, you know, what is it? Do we do we throw some seed out on the ground and say, yeah, we planted in 2019, even though you knew you were going to have prevent plant? And what's the final dollar amount? I thought it was interesting that the economists didn't even have that information available today. Yeah, again, it's... It's very vague. Um, you don't know necessarily what the cap is. You know, is the cap the same as it was last time? Um, you know, what's going to happen with each individual county and how this works? But, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that, that doesn't make sense here. And it's a lot of, you know, if you're really going to look at it as close as you can, you, you can't really run a ton of numbers because you don't have the rates. But um, I guess you'd have to use a little bit based on, on what happened last year and what you received last year. But this is a lot of tough question marks for late in the planting season when, you know, we still don't look like we're going to have an open window anytime soon to get a whole lot done um, moving forward. So I think there's still just a lot of questions about that. I mean, yes, this incentivizes you to plant it late, but are people still going to be able to, to get it done in a, in a time frame that makes any sense at all, right, as far as putting seed in the ground? So as you get a chance to talk to producers after this information, and then more information obviously will continue to trickle through, how do you plan for the future? How do you plan your marketing for this new crop if you haven't done so with so much uncertainty out there? you got to try not to worry about um, some of these things that continually change, right? I mean, this is the, the most difficult marketing time I think we've ever seen uh, because of, 
the situation with our president and just all the stuff that's going on and all the challenges that we face. Uh, we just got through some of the China stuff that looks like it's in a way worse position now than it maybe has been the entire time that we've been dealing with it. Uh, as far as the trade goes, it's almost to the point of hostility now with some of the stuff that's going back and forth. So you've got that, plus you have things like this that, that come up when, you know, honestly, you were finally having real um, a, a real market, right? A, a market that was trying to adjust itself based upon what was happening out here from a weather standpoint, a supply and demand standpoint, Um you know, trying to regulate itself, and then you throw this into the mix that really doesn't answer anything. It just it muddies the waters. So you have to, I guess, first assume that this stuff's going to continue to happen. It's been happening for two years now, so I don't think we can expect that it's not going to. So you may have to expect uh, to take advantage of some stuff earlier than you'd like to just to try to avoid some of these things. But I think you've still got to try to stick to the fundamentals, stick to the things that, that you know, and, and try to make the best uh, best management risk management plan that you can out of that. So besides the fact that the market's really focused on this information and the uncertainty that's out there, the rumors that are flying around exactly what the bushel trade aid is going to be, there's other factors that were kind of hanging out in the background. I know that South American's currency remains pretty cheap at the end of the harvest, but export wires continue to be pretty quiet. Yeah, demand, uh, really just the fact, too, that, that we still are in an oversupply situation. I mean, between South America um, and Ukraine, uh, the amount of extra crop that we have on the market equates to a, a lot of, of the acres that we thought we might lose to preventative planting. So supply overall still a problem. Demand's a problem. If we ri- raise the price up right now, demand's going to be a bigger problem. I mean, all these equations that we're running to to figure out if we lose this many acres and lose this many bushels, we're also going to have to figure, factor in that some demand's going to be coming out of that, too, with higher prices. So I still think you've got things here that, that were bearish anyway, um, but you certainly still have a situation here where it, once you get past this, um, Yes, the, the preventative planting talk maybe dies down a little bit, but there's still got to be some concern or some question marks around what kind of yield do we really end up with at the end of the year if we plant all this stuff in the conditions that we have planted it. So what is planted maybe didn't go in in the greatest condition. We're still expecting a lot of rain in certain places as we move forward um, from this point. And we don't really have an open window in sight right now. So I think that stuff's still going to be front and center as we as we get past this little um, announcement today and you know the rest of the week. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We are going to have more coming up. Aaron Bertels is joining us from Water Street Solutions. We'll take a finished up look at the uh, grain side, jump into the livestock as well. A lot happening, a lot of things being thrown at the market today. More is coming up. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I'm at the U.S. Meat Export Federation's meeting taking place in Kansas City, Missouri. And Aaron Bertels joins us with Water Street Solutions. We kind of left off, obviously, talking about all the things that have been thrown at this trade today. And during the commercial break, you and I were talking about the extended forecast. And I tell you, Aaron, it is not a pretty forecast unless you're a duck at this point. 
yeah, like we said, you know, this this could all be a moot point today if you just can't find a window to get this done. Uh, you know, you look at the next 10 days and, and really this, this week, too. I mean, we got 18% planted as a nation last week um, from the previous week. If we got half of that done this week, it'd be, you know, almost a miracle. And then you look at next week with all the rain we've seen this week, it's just going to be a while before people can really get in. And, and, and I know they're obviously going to do it as fast as they can and, and get in as quickly as they can. But if you just can't do it, you just can't do it and right now. Uh, some of the stuff that was developing that could have changed the the long-term forecast kind of didn't happen today so we'll see moving forward but that ridge looks like it's still in place to continue to uh, funnel showers right in through the midwest all the way into the middle of june right now now that's a a long ways off and weather obviously can change pretty quickly but that's the same pattern that we've been in for quite a while and it it looks like it's it's going to continue at least from this point so that's still got to be a big factor here. Um, you know, yes, people want to plant. They always want to plant. And maybe this news that came out today will incentivize them even more to want to plant. But if you can't do it, you, you just can't do it. And in the extent of the delays, I mean, we've got the prevent plant deadline um, for the Western Corn Belt on Saturday into June for the folks in the Eastern Corn Belt. So they've got those dates looming as well on their backside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you're coming right up on all these dates. Uh, some of them are... are you know, right up on us and there's no way anything's going to happen in some of those places. But, and then you got to look at some of the history of this and it's so hard to, to really decipher what could take place with yields from planting at a point like we're going to plant now. I mean, obviously 49% is the lowest amount we've ever had done, you know, next Monday, I'm not even sure what the lowest is by, by Monday the 27th, but I'm sure we're going to break that record too with the, the lack of uh, stuff that we've been able to do this week. And you look at the years like 95 and 93, where we had somewhat similar circumstances, uh, you had really big reductions off of trendline yield those years. The one year people point to 2009 that we had a yield that was above trendline uh, was, you know, they were 68% planted by May the 20th that year. So that's a pretty big difference between what we were this year and what, what 2009 was. Um, you start talking about things like 5 and 10% off of trendline yield, and you're talking about, you know, 8 to, to 16 bushels um, off of that trendline. And, you know, 1.4 to 850 million bushels off the carryout. And that's without really any acre reduction. So there's a lot of question marks there when you start planting a ton of crop. And even more now, just because the only years we have to compare it to were clear back in the mid-90s, which I think we all know that uh, seed and everything about that is a lot different nowadays. Um, but you're talking about historic late planting um and you know as you move forward here the the worse it gets with the way this forecast is right now and you know and then we sit here waiting for a disaster deal of some sort to be taking place we know that just just a little bit ago lawmakers reached a bipartisan deal the president has agreed to the deal but we got to get it passed on the senate side and there's a lot of things hanging on it and you know the trump's request for the border funding and everything else weighing on what our producers are dealing with on an everyday basis yeah, and obviously his relationships, you know, around there are not the, the greatest at this point um, with, the, you know, as far as bipartisan things go. Um, I think everybody wants to, to do their best to help farmers and, and, you know, get this stuff through so that we can continue to, to do the things that are important for the whole nation. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of details here going on. And, and during a time where producers are, are really just trying to get their job done, you know, and uh, the weather's not allowing them to, and it can create a lot of emotions and a lot of stress, and, you know, I hope everybody just hangs in there and, and tries to, to keep their heads here. 
Who would ever think politics would play that big of a role in the way we market our grain and livestock? Yeah, who would ever want it to, right? I mean, this is, uh, this is not uh, the easiest thing in the world. It's hard enough, right, as it is, you know, when you're trying to deal with just daily fundamentals, let alone uh, when you're dealing with this outside stuff uh, that you just don't even know the, the impact of, right? You're just dealing with the immediate aftermath every time. Well, quickly before we wrap up, let's look at livestock. We saw some light buying that continued on the midday for the live cattle. We've got a cold storage report coming out, support from that. We've got a cattle on feed report later this week. Lots of factors being weighed in on their trade. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously the, the China stuff's impacted all of that as well. Um, kind of slowed things down there. Uh, the weather um, has been an impact too. The market looks uh, stable at this point, but you know, a lot of people are going to be looking to this cattle on feed report for some direction as that market's just been kind of choppy and sideways. Uh, as you look at hogs, uh, you know, big exports to China, um, the most that we've seen in quite some time. So that's an interesting little tidbit that you know we're having such a, a problem with them, and they're having such a problem with their hog production that uh, they're really ramping up what they're buying from us. The pay for producers to get a hold of you, Aaron. Yeah, just give me a call. It's a three zero nine six eight zero one two seven one, or they can email me at abertles at waterstreetconsulting.com. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by all the Fontenelle dealers and the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.